Hello, my friends. This is Nikki. Today we'll be reading from the poem of the Man God, Volume One, Maria Valtorta, and we'll be reading about uh, the night that the shepherds saw the angels while out in the fields and pastures, and were told about the glory of the birth of our Lord, and told to go and visit Him and adore Him. So it's late at night, and the shepherds are sleeping in their hut. Darkness of the night is getting brighter and brighter. A shepherd looks out of the door of his hut, and lifting one arm to his forehead to shield his eyes, he looks up. It seems improbable that one should protect one's eyes from moonlight, but the moonlight in this case is so bright that it blinds people. Everything is calm, but the bright moonlight is a surprise. The shepherd calls his companions. They all come to the door. A group of men of various ages. Some are just teenagers. Some are already white-haired. They comment on the strange event, and the younger ones are afraid. One in particular, a boy about twelve years old, starts crying, and the older shepherds jeer at him. But the little shepherd is no longer listening. He looks as if he is no longer frightened, because he leaves the threshold, and goes out onto the grassy fold in front of the shed. He looks up and walks about like a sleepwalker, or one hypnotized by something that compellingly attracts him. At a certain moment he shouts, Oh! and remains petrified with his arms slightly outstretched. His mates look at him, and one another, dumbfounded. What is the matter with the boy? says one. They go to the hut and call the other shepherds, and they all come out with torches and clubs, and they join the boy. There, there, he whispers, smiling. Above the tree, look at the light that is coming. It seems to be coming on the ray of the moon. So, there it is, it is coming near. How beautiful it is. I can only see a rather brighter light, says one. So can I, so can I, said the others. No, I see something like a body, says one. It is, it is an angel, shouts the boy. Here he is. He is coming down, he is coming near, down, on your knees before the angel of God. A long and venerable O oh! comes from the group of shepherds who fall down, face down to the ground, and the older they are, the more they appear to be crushed by their refulgent apparition. The young ones are on their knees, looking at the angel, who is coming nearer and nearer, and then he stops mid-air, above the enclosure wall, waving his large wings, a pearly brightness in the white moonlight surrounding him. Do not fear. I am not bringing you misfortune. I announce you a great joy for the people of Israel and for all the people of the world. The angelic voice is the harmony of a harpen of singing nightingales. Today, in the city of David, the Savior has been born. The Savior, who is Christ, Christ the Lord. In saying so, the angel spreads out his wings, wider and wider, moving them as a sign of overwhelming joy, and a stream of golden sparks and precious stones seem to fall from them, a real rainbow describing a triumphal arc above the poor shed. The angel shines with a brighter light, his two wings, now motionless, pointed upward towards the sky like two still sails 
on the sapphire of the sea, seeing two bright flames ascending to heaven. The angel gathers his sparkling wings and covers himself with them, as if they were a coat of diamonds on a dress of pearls. He bows down in adoration, with his arms crossed over his heart, while his head bent down as it is, disappears in the shade of the tops of the folded wings. Only an oblong, bright, motionless form can be seen for a few moments. But now the angel stirs. He spreads out his wings, lifts his head, bright with a heavenly smile, and he says, You will recognize him from the following signs. In a poor stable behind Bethlehem, you will find a baby in swaddling clothes, in a manger for animals, because no roof was found for the Messiah in the city of David. The angel becomes grave, almost sad in saying that. But from the heavens many angels, oh how many, come down, all like him, a ladder of angels descending and rejoicing and dimming the moonlight with their heavenly brightness. They all gather round the announcing angel, fluttering their wings, exhaling perfumes, and singing with the most beautiful voices of creation. The angelical glory spreads throughout the quiet country in wider and wider circles, and the bright light with it, and the birds join their singing to greet the early light, and the sheep add their bleedings for the early sun. Then the singing slowly fades away as well as the light and the angels ascend to heaven. The shepherds come back to reality. Did you hear? Shall we go and see? What about the animals? Nothing will happen to them. But where should we go? Didn't he say he was born today and that he did not find lodgings in Bethlehem? Come with me, says the shepherd. I know where he is. I saw the woman and I felt sorry for her. I told them where to go, for her sake, because I thought they might not find lodgings, and I gave the man some milk for her. She is so young and beautiful, and she must be as good and kind as the angel who spoke to us. Come, let us go and get some milk, cheese, lambs, and tanned hides. They must be very poor, and I wonder how cold he must be, whose name I dare not mention. And imagine, I spoke to the mother as I would have spoken to a poor wife. The shepherds go into the shed and come out shortly afterwards with little flasks of milk, some small round cheeses, some with baskets, each containing a little bleeding lamb, and some with tanned hides. I am taking them a sheep. She lambed a month ago. Her milk is very good. It will be useful if the woman should have no milk. She seemed a young girl to me, and so pale. A jasmine face in moonlight, says the shepherd who gave the milk, and he leads them. They set out in the moonlight, aided by their torches, after closing the shed in the enclosure. They go along country paths among thorn-bush hedges stripped by winter. They go around Bethlehem. They reach the stable. They go near the entrance. Go in. I wouldn't dare. You go in. No. At least have a look. You, Levi, who saw the angel first, obviously because you are better than we are. You go and look. The boy hesitates, but then he makes up his mind. He goes near the entrance, pulls the mantle a little to one side, and looks and remains enraptured.
Can you see? They ask him anxiously in low voices. I see a beautiful young woman and a man bending over a manger, and I can hear, I can hear a little baby crying, and the woman is speaking to him in a voice. Oh, what a voice! What is she saying? She is saying, Jesus, little one, Jesus, love of your mummy, don't cry, little son. She is saying, Oh, if I could only say to you, take some milk, little one, but I have not got any yet. She says, You are so cold, my love, and the hay is stinging you. How painful it is for your mummy to hear you crying so, without being able to help you. And she says, Sleep, soul of mine, because it breaks my heart to hear you crying and see your tears. And she kisses him, and she must be warming his little feet with her hands, because she is bent with her arms in the manger. Joseph turns around and sees the shepherds at the door. Who are you? he says. Shepherds, we brought you some food and some wool. We have come to worship the Savior. Come in, says Joseph. They go in, and the stable becomes brighter because of the light of the torches. The older men push the younger ones in front of them. Mary turns around and smiles. Come, she says, come. And she invites them with her hand and her smile, and she takes the boy who saw the angel, and she draws him to herself against the manger, and the boy looks and is happy. The others, invited also by Joseph, move forward with their gifts, and they place them at Mary's feet with few deep-felt words. Then they look at the baby who is weeping a little, and they smile, moved and happy. And one of them, somewhat bolder than the rest, says, Mother, take this wool. It is soft and clean. I prepared it for my child, who is about to be born, but I offer it to you. Lay your son in this wool. It will be soft and warm. And he offers the sheep hide, a beautiful hide, well covered with white soft wool. Mary lifts Jesus and puts it round him, and she shows him to the shepherds, who, kneeling on the hay on the ground, look at him ecstatically. They become bolder, and one suggests he should be given a mouthful of milk, better still some water and honey. But we have no honey. We give it to little babies. I have seven children, and I know. There is some milk here, says another shepherd. Take it, woman. But it is cold, says another. It should be warm. Where is Elias? He has the sheep. Elias must be the shepherd who gave the milk, but he is not there. He remained outside and is looking from the entrance, but he cannot be seen in the dark night. Who led you here? An angel told us to come, and Elias showed us the way. But where is he now? The sheep declares his presence with a bleat. Come in, say the shepherds. You are wanted. Elias enters with his sheep, embarrassed because they all look at him. It is you, says Joseph, who recognizes him. And Mary smiles at him, saying, You are good. They milk the sheep, and with the hem of a piece of linen dipped into the warm, creamy milk, Mary moistens the lips of her baby, who sucks the sweet cream. They all smile, and even more so when Jesus falls asleep in the warmth of the wool, with the little bit of linen still between his lips. But you can't stay here. It's cold and damp, and there is too strong a smell of animals. It's not good. It's not good for the Savior, say the shepherds.
I know, replies Mary with a deep sigh, but there is no room for us in Bethlehem. Take heart, woman, says a shepherd. We will look for a house for you. I will tell my mistress, says Elias. She is good. She will receive you, even if she had to give you her own room. As soon as it is daylight, I will tell her. Her house is full of people, but she will find room for you. For my child, at least, says Mary. Joseph and I can lie also on the floor, but for the little one. Don't worry, woman. I will go and see to it, and we will tell many people what we were told. You will lack nothing. For the time being, take what our poverty can give you. We are only shepherds. We are poor too, says Joseph, and we cannot reward you. Oh, we don't want it. Even if you could afford it, we would not want it. The Lord has already rewarded us. He promised peace to everybody. The angel said, Peace to men of good will. But he has already given it to us, because the angel said that this child is the Savior, who is Christ the Lord. We are poor and ignorant, but we know that the prophets say that the Savior will be the Prince of Peace, and he told us to come and adore him. That is why he gave us his peace. Glory be to God in the most high heaven, and glory to his Christ here, and you are blessed woman who gave birth to him. You are holy, because you deserved to bear him. Give us orders as our queen, because we will be happy to serve you. What can we do for you? And Mary says, You can love my son, and always cherish the same thoughts as you have now. But what about you, say the shepherds? Is there anything you wish? Have you no relatives whom you would like to inform that he has been born? Yes, I have them, says Mary, but they are far away. They are at Hebron. I will go, says Elias. Who are they? Zacharias the priest and my cousin Elizabeth. Zacharias? Oh, I know him well, says Elias. In summer I go up to those mountains because the pastures are rich and beautiful. I will go to Zacharias. Thank you, Elias, says Mary. You need not thank me. It is a great honor for me, a poor shepherd, to go and speak to the priest and say to him, The Savior has been born. No, says Mary, you must say to him, Your cousin, Mary of Nazareth, has said that Jesus has been born and that you should come to Bethlehem. I will say that, says Elias. May God reward you, says Mary. I will remember you, Elias, and every one of you. Will you tell your baby about us, they ask? I certainly will. And then the shepherds offer their names. I am Elias. I am Levi. I am Samuel. I am Jonah. I am Isaac. I am Tobias. I am Jonathan. I am Daniel. I am Simeon. And my name is John. And this is my brother Benjamin. We are twins. I will remember your names, says Mary. We must go, say the shepherds, but we will come back, and we will bring others to worship him. How can we go back to the sheepfold, leaving the child? Glory be to God who has shown him to us. Will you let us kiss his dress? asks Levi, with an angelic smile. And Mary lifts Jesus slowly, and sitting on the hay, envelopes the tiny little feet in the linen, and offers them to be kissed. And the shepherds bow down to the ground, 
and kiss the tiny feet veiled by the linen. Almost everyone is crying, and when they have to go, they walk out backwards, leaving their hearts there. Jesus now speaks to us. He says, It is the eve of Corpus Christi. I could speak to you about the Eucharist and the saints who became apostles of its cult, as I spoke to you of the saints who were apostles of the Sacred Heart. But I want to speak to you of something else, and of a class of worshippers of my body who are the forerunners of its cult, that is, the shepherds. They were the first worshippers of my body, of the Word, who had become man. Once I told you, and also my church says this, the holy innocents are the proto-martyrs of Christ. Now I tell you that the shepherds are the first worshippers of the body of God, and they have all the qualifications to be the worshippers of my body, O Eucharistic souls. The first is firm faith. They believe the angel promptly and unquestioningly. Second, generosity. They give all their wealth to their Lord. Third, humility. They approach people who, from the human point of view, are poorer than they, and they do so with a modest attitude that does not humiliate them, and they profess themselves their servants. Fourth, desire. What they are unable to offer, they endeavor to obtain by means of charitable work. Fifth, prompt obedience. Mary wishes to inform Zacharias, and Elias goes at once. He does not postpone the matter. And sixth, love. They suffer in departing from the grotto, and you say they leave their hearts there, and you are right. But should the same not happen with my sacrament? And there is another point, and it is entirely for you to note, to whom the angel reveals himself first, and who deserves to hear Mary's love effusions, Levi the boy. God shows himself to those who have a child's soul, and he shows them also his mysteries, and allows them to hear his divine words and Mary's. And those with a child's soul have also Levi's holy daring, and they say, Let us kiss Jesus' dress. They say that to Mary, because it is always Mary who gives you Jesus. She is the bearer of the Eucharist. She is the living Pix. Who goes to Mary finds me. Who asks her for me receives me from her. When a creature says to Mary, Give me your Jesus, that I may love him, my mother's smile causes heaven's colors to change into a more lively brightness because of its greater delight. Say therefore to Mary, Let me kiss Jesus' dress, let me kiss his wounds. Dare say even more, Let me rest my head on your Jesus' heart, that I may delight in it. Come, my children, and rest. Rest between Jesus and Mary. Here I want to add that these shepherds remained faithful and true and loving to Jesus and Mary all their entire lives, through all the hardships that they faced, through all their difficulties, as you'll find out later as you follow my episodes. These shepherds were among the very first people that Jesus sought out when he started his public life, to thank them for their service, for their love, for their spreading of his word, 
and to tell them that his mother Mary had never forgotten them and always kept them in her prayers. And this act of kindness and generosity of Jesus to the shepherds was a great balm to their souls, especially those who had suffered greatly in spreading the word of Christianity.